Chapel today. Welcome especially to the visitors, prospective students, and to others who have gathered today for worship. Today's chapel is entitled Finding Our Voice. After a time of singing, we will hear from campus pastor at Associated Mennonite Biblical Seminary, Janine Birchie Johnson. She has been serving at Associated Mennonite Biblical Seminary for about the past 10 or 11 years and is currently a member of Mennonite Church USA Executive Board. She lives here in Goshen with her husband Barry and her two children, Hannah and Aaron. They're active members of 8th Street Mennonite Church. We welcome you here today. Let us join together in prayer. Living Christ, come to us in the glory of your risen power. Come to us in the humility of your wondrous love. Come and reign among us. Let new life course through our veins, new love bind us together, and new vision spur us on to follow you forever. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.
take your blue hymnals now and turn to hymn number 110. Oh, chapter 8, verses 31 to 37. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee, the region of Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his feet, and they begged him to lay his hands on him. He took him aside in private, and from the cloud he put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking to the heavens, he sighed and said to him, Epithiah, that is, be open. And immediately his ears were opened, and his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but no more than he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astonished by measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Good morning. Before I start my sermon, I need to clarify one thing. The fact that I am here today preaching in your chapel from AMBS on the same day that there is a big competition between uh, 
preachers, student preachers from Goshen College and student preachers from AMBS is a total coincidence. But I think it's a great coincidence, and I'm thrilled with every opportunity that Goshen and AMBS people have to interact with each other. And I plan to be back here tonight to hear the preaching competition, and I hope many of you will be as well. I understand that tonight um, the preachers will be working with obscure texts, scriptures that we may have never even heard before. This text that Jason has read for us is not one of those texts. Most of us have heard this story before. But as I've worked with this text over the last several years, I keep find, finding new meaning in this story. And new meaning not only for my life, but also for my ministry with students who are preparing for church leadership roles. Jason's reading of the scripture gives us a sense of what this unnamed man faced. He had some sort of hearing impairment, perhaps totally deaf, perhaps only partially. And likely as a result of his hearing loss, he had a speech impediment. But he also had some friends who provided both ears and a voice for this man. And even though they were Gentiles, they had heard about Jesus and trusted that Jesus would be able to heal their friend. And so they brought him to Jesus and begged him to touch this man. And Jesus did touch him. He put his fingers into the man's ears and then he touched the man's tongue with his own saliva. And then he looked up to heaven and he sighed. Every time I read this text, I want to know, what did that sigh mean? Was it a sigh of exhaustion because there was never an end to the stream of people coming to Jesus to be healed by him? Was it a sigh of sadness because this man had suffered so much from his hearing loss and speech impediment? Jesus sighed and then he said one simple word, epphatha. Be opened. Ears, be opened. Voice, be opened. Whatever is blocking the way, be opened. And immediately, this man's ears were opened and he could hear Jesus speaking. And his tongue was released and he began to speak plainly. And then, I love the ending of this story. Jesus tells the man and his friends to keep this miracle quiet. Isn't that great irony? You are finally able to communicate, and you're asked to keep a secret. But, Mark tells us, the more Jesus ordered them to tell no one, the more zealously they proclaimed it. The speech impediment was gone, and nothing was going to stand in the way of this man 
telling everyone what Jesus had done for him. As you heard, I have two children. The oldest, Hannah, is 14 now. And when she was two years old, we began to become concerned that her speech wasn't developing the way it should. She could speak individual words, but she wasn't putting them together into phrases or sentences, and her vocabulary was fairly limited. After a series of tests, it was determined that Hannah had a buildup of fluid in her inner ear, and that had caused her uh, to lose some hearing. She was only hearing about one-third of what she should have heard. Eventually, she had surgery to insert tubes into her eardrums, a modern-day opening up that allowed the fluid to drain and her to be able to hear again. We also had speech therapists who came and worked with Hannah to improve her vocabulary and her articulation. And after she was diagnosed with a mild form of autism, she had several more years of speech therapy to open up her language. Hannah had a physical speech impediment. Perhaps some of you have also experienced some kind of speech delay or difficulty because of physical or neurological reasons. But there are other kinds of speech impediments besides physical ones. Many people have psychological speech impediments. They may physically be able to speak, but their voice has been silenced. They have heard <clears throat> or sensed messages such as, you're stupid, your ideas are unacceptable, keep your feelings to yourself, don't ever tell anyone about this, don't question authority, women shouldn't speak, or just simply shut up. These kinds of messages, repeated often enough, can silence a person. And people with psychological speech impediments are all around us. They might find it hard to talk about their feelings, or they may find it difficult to state their viewpoints or their needs, especially if they fear that it may lead to rejection or abuse. Part of the work of being a young adult is to find your own voice, distinct from your parents and the peer group of your adolescent years. And this isn't easy work for anyone, but for young adults who have heard these messages that have silenced them, the work of finding their own voice becomes even more difficult. For those who have been silenced by rejection or shame, or authoritarianism, racism, or sexism, Jesus offers the same word of healing as to the man in the Decapolis. Epphatha, be opened. God desires that your tongue should be free to speak your thoughts, your feelings, and your opinions to others. God also calls us, whether or not we've ever been silenced, to offer healing to those who have. As Jesus followers, we continue his ministry. We may not be able to touch 
someone physically and have them instantly healed. But we can touch people emotionally and offer, invite them to upfatha, to be open, to find their voice. We invite people to find their voice when we listen carefully to them with our heart as well as our ears, when we listen to what is said as well as what is unsaid. And we offer healing when we value others' voices and make space for them. Last fall, AMBS had a fascinating discussion about how to make sure that all voices are heard in our community. One young man told about his experiences in construction work, where he found that his coworkers valued male voices more than female voices. And he made up his mind that whenever he was in a mixed group, he would not speak until a woman had spoken. As you can imagine, this was sometimes very difficult. But what this young man learned about his culture and also about himself from following this exercise was incredible. And when he shared these experiences and this conviction with our community, it was amazing how much it empowered us to be more careful to make space for other voices. Those who tended to jump in first held back a little. And those who had been reluctant to speak out were given encouragement to do so. Something as simple as a community discussion helped all of us to find our proper voices and helped to heal the psychological speech impediments that many in our community had faced. There is yet another kind of speech impediment besides physical and psychological ones. Some people have spiritual speech impediments and find it difficult to talk about their faith. It might be that they grew up in a church or a family or even this culture where that just wasn't done. And so they've never practiced talking about their faith or had it modeled for them. Or it might be that they don't feel they have anything substantial to share. When it comes to personal faith journeys, we've tended to expect people to have some kind of Damascus Road experience, a dramatic turning. But many people's faith journeys are more like an Emmaus Road experience. When we realize on reflection that Jesus has been with us on our journey. This kind of faith experience is just as valid and valuable as a dramatic conversion, but we may not feel that it's worthy of telling. And still other people find it difficult to talk about their faith because they have significant questions or struggles. They may be afraid of what others will think if they would share their doubts honestly. Whatever the reasons for our spiritual speech impediments, Jesus says to us, be opened. 
God invites us to be willing to speak of what we have heard and seen of God's movements in us and around us. And again, as Jesus followers, we can invite others to find our voices. We can embrace each story of encounter with God as the unique gift that it is. We can understand that our language about faith will be different from person to person and not expect people to express themselves in the same way. We can give space for hard questions and places of unknowing. We can trust that God is big enough to embrace all of people's questions and doubts and that faith will be strengthened rather than destroyed if we don't give up on the struggle. And sometimes all we will be able to do is to turn our limited understanding and our speech impediments over to God. Romans 8 says that we do not always know how we ought to pray but that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. I believe this is the most significant meaning of Jesus' sigh before he healed the deaf man with a speech impediment. The man could not voice his own prayer for healing, but his friends begged for him, and Jesus interceded with a sigh too deep for words. And God understood and granted his request. Epfatha. May our ears be opened to hear God's word of healing to us. May our tongues be opened to speak freely our thoughts and feelings and ideas. And may our lips be opened to proclaim, as the healed man did, all that God has done for us. May it be so. Please take your Sigma Journey books and turn to um, page 81. Take or take me as I am. Feel free to stay seated. We'll be singing this through three times. And the last time through, on the um, starting at the second to last measure and the last measure, we'll be slowing down a little bit. So if you'd watch, um, that'd be great.
As you go from here, be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ who guides us in finding our voice. Go in peace.